0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Ben Feldman, the VP of uh, Technical Operations at NIAC, NYIAX. Ben, how are you doing?
2: Doing well, thanks. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for coming. So, uh, you know, Thanks for having us. We always start with the basics, so tell the listeners about NIACS. What do you guys do?
2: Sure. So we are a a forwards advertising contract exchange. Uh so if you look at the way digital advertising is is bought and sold these days, there's essentially two methodologies. You've got a a direct uh, method which is sold in kind of the old-fashioned uh advertising world where you've got two two people that kind of get together, maybe over drinks or put it on the back of a napkin or through uh, uh, lots of emails and phone calls and spreadsheets, um, and eventually come to to a contract, and uh, and it gets gets bought and sold and, and run that way. Uh, or if there's kind of the programmatic method, which has come out in the last number of years, uh, where it's done in an RTB environment, a real time bidding environment, where for every request on a page that a, a user visits, it's sent out to an exchange and a bunch of uh uh advertising parties bid on it and try to to win that impression and then display their image to the user uh hmm. we are taking a a different tact um and we're kind of looking at taking the the old-fashioned methodology of uh direct uh contract um trading uh and combining that with sort of the the technology of uh, uh streamlining through programmatic channels in terms of uh, creating a, a contract exchange similar to a financial model uh, and allowing buyers and sellers to to kind of organize and list their assets and, and trade in a more organized and streamlined fashion. So you're trading advertising essentially? Is that what you're allowing people to do? That's correct, yes. So it's it's essentially a financial exchange that's been modified for the advertising industry. The assets are the impressions that a, a publisher may have access to and the campaign that a, a buyer or advertiser is uh, looking to send to those users. Are you creating a secondary market for ads or is it just primary where they can bid
1: and buy the ads at the best price in bulk?
2: Yeah. So the, the the whole point, or one of the the main uh, benefits that we we provide, is the ability to have a secondary market. Uh, it is it is based on the idea of a contract between two parties. So the publisher is organizing a volume of impressions uh, or other uh, uh, other advertising asset. And the advertiser is providing a a campaign against it, and the contract is booked between both parties with all the terms outlined. And then if the uh, the advertiser is unable to fulfill that for any reason, perhaps they bought it early on and thought that they uh, had had, uh, the audience that they were looking for, a campaign that fit and decided later on they didn't, they can turn around and and retrade it. Uh, But the, the good piece for the publisher is that the requirements of the contract still have to be met by any new buyer uh so the their concerns uh, regarding block list or anything like that are met already.
1: but why are people speculating in the value of these contracts, or are they trying to lock it in as like futures that they'll be able to get advertising at a certain price
2: yeah so it's it's a forwards market at this point it's not not so much speculation um the the idea being that uh, a publisher can sort of identify in advance what their their revenue for the year might be by being able to book their campaigns out in advance uh and an advertiser can uh See what kind of uh, impression volume or uh, user based demographic that they're looking to reach are available in advance, uh, and know that their campaigns are going to reach that audience. Uh, and if for some reason that changes, or the campaign changes, or the needs change, uh, they're able to to do a retrade on that. Can you give me? Um,
1: I guess I'm, I'm sorry, that I'm fuzzy on it, but can you give me like a specific example, you know, scenario sure. that that's happened in the past?
2: Well, so that's sort of the thing. This is not something that's re- ever really been available in the advertising industry prior to us. Uh, there's been kind of attempts in the past to bring uh, a financial trading model to advertising, um, but the the issues with the financial model or the financial exchanges that have that have existed prior to us uh, are the fact that you've got two basic attributes: you've got the price and the volume. And when it, on, at a high level, when you look at advertising, that still exists in terms of a price that you're paying for a volume of impressions. But with advertising, there's a whole other uh, layer of attributes that are that need to be taken into account as well. everything from delivery of when the campaign is going to happen, uh, to the the demographic targeting to uh, who's going to do the the count and verify that the impressions actually delivered, all sorts of other pieces. Um, and what we are able to do is provide that kind of um, complex inventory and asset descriptions to uh, to a, a kind of traditional finance market and bring a matching engine uh, that's provided by NASDAQ uh, to, together to be able to do this. Um, so it's not something that's been available prior to us, but now that we're making it available, an example would be, um, let's see here, you've got a, a soft drink advertiser that is interested in, in purchasing uh, advertisement for Q4 of 2018, or excuse me, 2017, coming up here in the next few months. Um, but it's, they're looking to deliver a campaign right around Thanksgiving, and they decide that in uh, October that they've changed their budget and they've decided not to spend that campaign or the targeting that they were looking for has changed, they may decide to turn around and sell that, uh, that package of inventory that they've purchased to either another advertiser or to uh, uh, another agency that's representing other advertisers uh, in the hope of, of re- either recovering their funds or if the in- inventory that they've purchased uh, is of high value, they might be able to resell it for more as well.
1: Okay, so what's happening right now is people will buy advertising space in advance. They may or may not use it, but it's kind of like dead, and the money is lost. There's no secondary market to trade it away and to recoup losses. It's not efficient, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not efficient. The difference there is that the the current way that the advertising can be bought is that there's no guarantee. So what happens is the agency or the, the buyer can basically say, you know what, the targeting's not going to match what I'm looking for, so I'm just going to get out of the contract and just call it a day. The problem with that is that the publisher has basically kind of built their their revenue model and their forecast for the year around these these purchases that advertisers are making in advance, um, and if the advertiser agency drops out, that can affect what they're able to to project so by having a guarantee, it protects the publisher from that kind of activity, but to be able to do that in such a way that the the agency or the buyer or the advertiser isn't um, in a a bad position. They need to be able to do some sort of resale on it. And at the same time, the publisher has to guarantee the inventory volume is going to reach what's there. Right now, there's been sort of this historical make-good process where if the publisher doesn't have the impressions available at the time the campaign runs, you get into these huge uh, drawn-out reconciliation activities where uh, the publisher winds up delivering additional impressions at a later date or refunding some money, and it just becomes a, a big... Uh, headache for all parties involved. So why hasn't
1: this uh, system been utilized before? What have been the holdbacks on it?
2: Well, so it's been it's been a couple. So as I mentioned, it what it has been looked at in the past of using a financial model for for making these kinds of changes. Um, but what we were kind of able to do is our, our two co-founders um, have experience both from the financial industry and from the advertising industry. And when they kind of came together, what they saw was that the the complex asset classes of advertising are something that the financial industry hasn't been able to historically hold. So we did a bunch of work together uh, with NASDAQ, who's our partner on this, to develop a, a platform that can describe and then trade these complex assets. Uh, so it's something that is that is new to the market and new through us in, in terms of being able to do this. The other piece is that historically it's it's been able to be done through these manual processes. Um, so it's... It's functioned there hasn't been that much need, and as people have have moved more towards the programmatic uh, buying of impressions, um, there's there were hopes that you'd be able to see improved targeting and improved ROI through these these activities um, but it just sort of shifted some of the the problems uh, and masked other ones. All right, so how
1: long has this uh, platform been running are or you, are you at that point yet you know where are you at and what's the rollout look like?
2: Yeah, so we've been around now since, what well, we started doing full-on product development back in 2016, um, at the beginning of 2016. We are just getting ready to go launch here in October. Um, we have been uh, fully, fully baked and, and up and running with our product now for uh, the past few months in terms of going through kind of alpha testing with clients and getting feedback from everything. Um, as I said because we are bringing kind of a new model to the advertising industry we've been having to go back and forth with our clients to really change some of the the traditionally financial terms our terminology uh, and bring it more to to a nomenclature and, and terminology that the the advertising world can understand um, so we are very excited to be to be pushing out uh, and going live here in uh, in October in the very near future so what? What kinds of companies or what industries, you
1: know, what's the size, who are the ideal customers for this for a start?
2: Sure. So part of the the, the concerns within the, the digital advertising industry has been sort of one of, of fraud and transparency. Uh, this is something that's specific to, to programmatic um, because you don't really know necessarily who the end parties involved are from either the publisher or the advertiser uh, or ends. Um, and so what, we, what we've what we done is to to look at that and said, okay, we're going to, basically focus on the, the kind of curated premium publishers that we can count on and understand who their, their inventory is and know that that's where the impressions are coming from and where the campaign uh, assets will be delivered to. Uh, and at the same time, we've been speaking with and, and are, are onboarding the, the various agencies and, and holding companies that uh, are representing a large uh, or the majority swath of, of advertisers uh, around the world um, at the same time, we are speaking with direct ad- uh, advertisers as well. All right. So any
1: specific um, companies that are coming on board to start, can you say, you know, any industries that you're focusing on, size of players in the industry, you know, who do you think will be the early adopters of this?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the digital advertising um, sort of desktop and mobile and mobile video or desktop and video is where we're starting with. Uh, at this point, and it's it's a, a roughly 70 billion dollar industry uh, in and of itself. Um, we will be expanding into other other areas such as television and digital out of home uh, and print uh, as we expand into next year. But we wanted to start with the the sort of standard digital advertising as the asset classes are some of the more complex. Um, with that, uh, I unfortunately can't give a, a list of our, our clients that are that are going live with us initially at this point. But uh, as we uh, as we push live, that'll all kind of come out certainly. Um, but uh, uh, we've got a majority of, of I'd say, the, the ComScore 250 publishers that we've been speaking with, and uh, and a lot of the the agencies and holding companies too. What do you what from the user experience side? Will there be any difference to them,
1: or they won't notice anything?
2: Well, so it's it is an entirely new uh, process for them, but it's it's different than. The, let's see here. Well, so it's, it's basically a financial trading model. So you've got buyers and sellers creating their orders in our system. Uh, so that's going to be something that's new to the way uh, uh, the, the players have been working historically, but not too different. The, the existing RFP process, or this request for proposal activity that uh, the advertisers send out to publishers and publishers fill out and send back, what we're kind of doing is standardizing some of that and giving them a centralized place to, to, to procure those, uh, the, those activities. Um, at the same time, uh, they can do sort of the traditional financial hit and take models uh, of, of seeing what, what inventory or, or campaigns are available on the market and, and purchase those directly as well. Uh, so it, it is a new sort of activity that will be required, but it's, it's not uh, anything super changing for them from a, a, uh, uh, an actual tactical uh, activity. Um, the the players that are involved in terms of the, the day-to-day work, the, the salespeople and the the, the buyers and sellers uh, still will be able to do it. We've got a, a very competent client success and account management team that are will be onboarding uh, users both on the buy and sell side and kind of walking them through this as they learn how to use the system and kind of understand how to change their methodologies. Um, we'll be moving to a, a very kind of uh, – Self-service platform uh, as people get comfortable with it, just like you would in any uh, uh, financial trading system.
1: What's been the feedback so far? And you know, the <clears throat> it's
2: been really great. How are, really how are great. companies
1: reacting to this?
2: So it's 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 great. We've been getting a lot of good, solid feedback, both in terms of the the user testing as well as from uh, uh, the companies. This is as we've been talking with them about the the the, the projects itself. The uh, um, from the buy side, they're looking at it as a way to be able to sort of uh, understand what their, the assets that they're buying in advance is, um, and understand how to, uh, uh, how to be able to, to gain the ability to retrade, which is something they've never had before. And from the publisher side, it's, it gives them a, a way to kind of make sure that they're able to guarantee their, their potential revenue streams and know what they have, but also be able to bring forecasting and, uh, uh, and bulk buying and selling to, uh, to markets that they haven't before. Um, it's, it's a good mix. Uh it also doesn't hurt that uh, uh that we've had NASDAQ uh helping us with this as well. With the fact that we're built on top of their um their platform, their 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 extreme platform is extremely valuable. Um and it's been uh it's been a great set. We've we've been able to to overcome a lot of uh sort of early uh teething issues that some startups would have simply because we've we've got a a platform that's been around for a number of years and is very stable. Um, and we're using that matching engine to to great effect. The the work that we built on top of that is, uh, uh, is is quite complex, and utilizing that with Nasdaq is is a great set. What do you think your interaction will be with the
1: gigantic online advertisers, Amazon, Google, you know, Facebook? Any interaction with them, or
2: so what are your thoughts it's, there? It's interesting. So Facebook and Google uh, are are two certainly very large players. Um, the the aspect of, of Google kind of touches into a lot of different areas, and uh, their their DFP product is their ad server that a lot of publishers are using around uh, around the world, uh, and so we are uh, connecting with them and and uh, utilizing them as an ad server for their publishers. But we are we're agnostic to it. We are not an ad serving platform ourselves, and it doesn't really matter to us what methodology our, our buyers or sellers are interested in using. Um, when it comes to um, when it comes to, to Facebook, uh, they they've got their own sort of methodologies and ways of, of, of selling their, their assets and, and their advertising. Um, and so we don't really have any, any deep conversations going on with them. We'd certainly be open to it if they, if they'd like to, but, uh, we see that the, there's a large market in regard to the rest of digital advertising at this point, And we've got a lot of stuff that we need to do with that. Um, the, the, the other big piece for us is, is that the, the assets that are being traded between the buyers and sellers within the rest of digital advertising outside of kind of those two, two big players is, uh, uh, is something that we can record um, and, and track on, on blockchain with us uh, as our core ledger. So what we've got is the ability to track everything and understand both the, the asset purchase um, and, and trade between parties as well as the delivery and the reconciliation and accounting. So you're going to be using blockchain, which one? Um, well, so I can't, uh, I can't really divulge that at this point, um, but uh, uh, as we get closer to launch or as we go live, that, that information will, will come out. Um, but for now, uh, it is, it, we are not building our own blockchain, but we are using one of the, the traditional providers. Um, but we are integrated with it now, and we are recording the transactions onto the, the blockchain right this second. Any lessons learned from the big players online or offline?
1: You know, in building your model, it's uh, it's not really competing with them, but you know, what do you see as you guys will be doing better or different than uh, Google and Facebook, etc.?
2: Well, so it's it's uh, it, as you said, it is different from them. So the the situation is that we're basically taking a a market that has been generally been done in in a kind of a manual process, uh, and and sort of bringing kind of financial rigor and and kind of stable uh, streamlining and processes to it. Uh, the Publisher side, the inventory has been uh, described by each individual publisher in thousands of different ways, depending on how they like to sell it and how their rate cards and their their sales teams are organized. And on the buy side, they're they're very focused on on reaching the audiences that they're looking for and the the types of content that they're wanting to acquire. And so it's been a very manual process going back and forth. Uh, and we're we're kind of looking at the ways that 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 the, the big guys have gone after their their kind of core markets. I mean. Google does search better than quite a lot of people, um, and it's through the very, very organized and systematic approaches. And we've kind of looked at at the ideas of being systematic and and organized and bringing sort of translation layers between parties together to 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 organize and simplify the, the methodologies. All right, a couple more questions. So October, you're launching. What are the
1: requirements to um, participate in your network as a buyer or seller?
2: Sure. So, from uh, from a publisher perspective, uh, it's, it, well, from either side really. It's just kind of contacting our team and uh, and getting an account set up. Uh, we're wanting to make sure that the the publisher inventory is is that it's it's their own that it is represented by themselves. They're not acting as an aggregator and and selling uh, inventory on behalf of a, a third party. Um, and that's partly to to make sure that the the trust and and verification of the inventory is available for the buyers to have trust in the system and in the and who they're they're buying from. Um, and from the the buy side, it's basically just making sure that uh, uh, that they're. Uh, able to, to guarantee a purchase and that they're interested in buying inventory uh, in advance. Uh, our teams then kind of go through uh, uh, an exercise of, of mapping the publisher's inventory and, and working with the publishers to organize their, their assets and instrument classes together, um, and then helping identify where the uh, uh, the best trades might occur to start with while we get people trained up on the systems.
1: Okay, very good. And what's the best way for interested companies to contact you?
2: So the best way is right through our, our, our website at this point. It's just uh, nyax.com, N-Y-I-A-X, and uh, and we'll be we'll be able to reach out from there. We've got a uh, a, a portion um, that you can link through our site, or you can reach out to our sales team at sales at nyax.com. Either one is perfect. All right, great,
1: Ben. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. It was great
0: the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Superconference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here Around the Corner Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies